Hello, my name is Jacob Schondel. I am the Webmaster and Media and Technology Committee Chair for Shepherd of the Valley, and you are listening to the ShepherdCast, the weekly podcast from Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Sandyville, Ohio. Each week, we bring you our weekly sermon in audio form, as well as our weekly Bible readings. We thank you for joining us for worship, as even though you may not have been able to join us on Sunday morning, we are glad to have you with us through this podcast. Now, if you like what you hear, and you're able, and you live in the Northeast Ohio area, we invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. You can learn more about our worship experience at sotvchurch.com slash worship. In case you're curious what the readings are for this Sunday, or you would like to follow along in your Bible, we will be taking a look at the readings listed in our show notes for today's episode. Also, when we read our readings, those come out of the NRSV translation of the Bible. So, without further ado, here's this week's readings read by our lay reader, followed by the Gospel and Sermon by the Rev. Scott J. Anderson. Good morning. Our first lesson comes from the book of Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no offspring, And so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and count the stars. If you are able to count them, then he said to him, So shall be your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us read responsibly Psalm 33, verses 12 through 22. Happy is the nation whose God is the Lord. Happy the people chosen to be God's heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees all humankind. God sits firmly enthroned and watches all who dwell on the earth. God fashions all their hearts and observes all their deeds. A king is not saved by the size of the army, nor are warriors rescued by their great strength. The horse gives vain hope for victory. Despite its great strength, it cannot save. Truly your eyes upon those who fear you, O Lord, upon those who wait for your steadfast love. To deliver their lives from death, and to keep them alive in time of famine. Our innermost being waits for you, O Lord, our helper and our shield. Surely our heart rejoices in you, for in your holy name we put our trust. Let your loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us, even as we place our hope in you. Our epistle lesson, second lesson, is taken from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, 8 through 16. 
Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors re received approval. By faith, we have understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that it, what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called out to set out a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith he received power and procreation, even though he was too old, and Sarah herself was barren. Because he considered him faithful, who had promised, therefore from one person, that this one good is dead. Descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven, as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted him. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear they are, not, they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they left behind, they would had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter, beginning at the 32nd verse. Glory to you, O Lord. And we will hear a few verses before our reading this morning. Words that we heard last Sunday. Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. For it is the nations of the world that strive after all these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, strive for his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. We continue at verse 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good and pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would have not let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, 
for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. And let us pray. Gracious and wonderful God, we love you, we praise you, we give you thanks. We thank you, dear Lord, for your word. We thank you for the gifts that you bestow upon us, especially the gifts of faith, of hope, of love. We ask, dear Lord, that in our lives that we live these gifts and to use them. We ask, dear Lord, to send your Holy Spirit upon me, that I may preach your word truthfully and faithfully. In this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fear. I love the words of FDR after the attack on Pearl Harbor, reminding a nation that has now been thrust into war we have nothing to fear but fear itself. And I think these are good words for us, and these are words that uh, I think are shaped uh, in faith. And we hear these words of assurance uh, from God uh, in both our reading from Genesis and our gospel text. The first words that are spoken to uh, Abram, are do not be afraid. You know, I am your shield, Abram. We hear Jesus uh, talking, and he gives assurance to his disciples. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good intention to give you the kingdom. This comes in the uh, aftermath of what uh, we had shared uh, last Sunday about not being anxious in our lives and considering the ravens and how they are fed and the lilies of the field, how they are clothed. And Jesus reminds his disciples then, and I think especially now for us, strive for the kingdom of God. Because, as Jesus points out, your Father knows your needs and gives them to you. Your father so loves you so much that he's willing to give you the kingdom. So there are these wonderful assurances for us in our daily lives as we kind of butt heads with uh, what is going on around us. And as we mourn, uh, those events and shootings that took place in El Paso and in Dayton, we are reminded of God's love even in the midst of heartache and tragedy. We are reminded that God is there with us in all times and in all places. And so it is having that needed dimension of faith now, not only are we called to live our love uh, as Christians, but we're also to called to live our faith. And we have these wonderful words from Hebrews, and I am really uh, 
awed by Clarence Jordan. Some of you may have remembered him, oh, about 50 years ago. And uh, he uh, has the cotton patch version of uh, various New Testament uh, writings. He did not live long enough to complete the New Testament. And it's a colloquial transition with uh, a little bit of a southern accent. Uh, so uh, maybe my Texas accent still holds on a little bit. So uh, listen to these words that begin chapter 11. And I think they're very powerful for us. Now faith is the turning of dreams into deeds. It is betting your life on the unseen realities. It was for such faith that men of old were martyred. And by so relating our lives, we become aware that history is woven to God's design so that the seen event is a projection of the unseen intent. I love his definition of faith in this translation of Hebrews, that faith is the turning of dreams into deeds. It is a reminder that faith is not only a gift, but is also a call for action for us. That faith is not just simply a noun. That faith is not something that we uh, amass in our lives and hoard, but it is something that we are called to share. We are called to live. Uh, it is having those dreams that is a gift from God, and then be able to live those dreams. It is dreaming that our society can finally come to peace uh, in the aftermath of these horrific shootings that have taken place in our lives. It is having dreams in our lives when we are faced with turmoil, with heartache, with challenges be able to trust in God, even if we cannot see beyond the pain that we are experiencing, it is trusting in the unseen intent of God. It is having a trust that everything will work out, to trust in God even when it doesn't make sense to do so. And the writer of Hebrews points out to uh, favorite people of the Old Testament uh, of mine, and that's Abraham and Sarah. Uh, they have not been given those names just yet, and they are Abram and Sari. And again, Clarence Jordan has some wonderful words about them. And again, listen to his definition of faith uh, as uh, he describes Abraham. Living by the unseen, Abraham obeyed when he was called upon to depart for a country which was going to be his inheritance. And he set out without knowing where he was heading. Living by the unseen, he homesteaded in the promised land like a foreigner, living in temporary shelters with Isaac and Jacob, who had inherited with him the same mission. For he had his heart set on a permanent city, whose architect 
and general contractor is God. Living by the unseen, Sarah herself had a full-time pregnancy even though she had passed her menopause. She was sure all along that God would carry through on what he had promised. So it was through her that one man, practically dead, sired descendants as countless as the stars in the sky and as numberless as grains of sand on the ocean beach. I love Abraham and Sarah, and they were examples for us to follow. Uh, we uh, had uh, been living in, uh, outside of Houston, Texas, and uh, things were going along pretty well. Uh, I was uh, working for NASA. Charlotte was fulfilling a dream of hers uh, by teaching at San Jacinto College. Uh, which was just down the street from where we lived. We had two children, a nice home. Uh, Everything seemed to be the American dream, and everything was going along fine. And I couldn't shake that notion of being called and going through all the rigmarole that is there uh, to see if the call is for real or not. And... uh, going off to seminary, not knowing where we were going, just like Abraham and Sarah. And, uh, you know, if you had uh, told me uh, back in 1985 uh, that 10, 12 years later, I would be uh, a Lutheran pastor along with my wife in Nebraska, I would have said, what are you smoking? Okay. Um, God indeed has a sense of humor, let's put it that way. Uh, and, uh, but it is having faith and following the examples of Abraham and Sarah of trusting in God and whatever comes forward. It is trusting in the unseen. I love uh, living by the unseen. And that's what faith is, living by the unseen. It is not necessarily knowing what is in front of us in the future, but trusting in God that God will be there, God will provide, that we really shouldn't be anxious or fearful of what is ahead of us, that God is there. And I love the promise that Abram has Uh, in our reading from Genesis, which is also uh, reminded of us in the reading from Hebrews. God takes Abram, who has trying to reconcile what God was promising to him, uh, descendants and heirs to this land that uh, he was being given, but he didn't have an heir. You know, is it going to just be uh, the... uh, Uh, son of the slave girl that is there with them. And God takes him out to see the nighttime sky. And if you ever have been outside on a cloudless, moonless night and you have a clear horizon and you see all the stars and you can see 
at one time approximately 2,000 stars with the unaided eye. Uh, and if you have a pair of binoculars, you can see a lot more. And if you've got a nice telescope, even more. And uh, then there is things like the Hubble telescope revealing things in our galaxy that, boy, we never even dreamt about. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, we have uh, these wonderful images from radio telescopes uh, that revealed even more to the galaxy that we never knew existed. The thing I love about the promise of Abraham and looking at the nighttime sky is that as countless as there are on a clear night going all the way down to about six magnitude and seeing all the stars and being unable to count them, that's just as the old saying goes, the tip of the iceberg. It is all the other stars that are there that we cannot see. It is this blessing upon blessing that we can see maybe and have hope based on what we see, but we have even a greater hope because of what we cannot see. It is that sense of feeling of God granting us things and blessing us in ways that we cannot imagine. It is what we affirm uh, when we say the Nicene Creed, and so I'm going to give you a curveball today because uh, we're going to do that rather than the, the Apostles' Creed uh, this morning. And uh, so it's not Mary's fault because I'm doing this at the last minute. So don't blame Mary that she didn't publish the Nicene Creed, okay? Because it's not her fault. Uh, she just cannot anticipate a crazy pastor at times. So it's okay. Um, but anyway, it is this uh, belief that we share with the Nicene Creed. And again, I love it because we begin with we. We believe in God the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. It is whenever we have the sacrament of Holy Communion and we celebrate that wonderful gift of grace, I think of the words of St. Augustine, who talks about that sacrament in this way. It is the visible means of the unseen reality. Every time we gather together and, and receive that sacrament of grace, we receive that gift of love, the gift of hope, and the gift of faith that is not seen. In conclusion, I go back to one of my favorite uh, science fiction shows, Babylon 5. And whenever there was something going on that um, no one really quite knew what was going on or what lay ahead. There was a two-word sentence that was spoken. Faith manages. In our lives, 
whatever we are struggling with, whether it might be illnesses, whether it might be uh, debt, whether it might be a death in the family, whether it might be conflict, uh, whether at work or at home, even at church. And the resolution to it is not visible. We trust in God even when the newspaper headlines, uh, whether the news reports, whether on television or streaming, say differently. We carry on like Abraham and Sarah, living by the unseen God because we live because of the gifts of faith, of life, and love. We live because faith manages. And to this, all of God's children say, Amen. You just heard a very special sermon from Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church. We thank you for listening to the Shepherd Cast this week. If you are listening in the Northeast Ohio area, we invite you to join us for worship if you are able. Our services are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. You can learn more about our worship environment at our church by visiting sotvchurch.com worship. We are a church in service. If you wish to support our podcast, we hope you will support us by supporting our outreach. Whether the Spirit moves you to volunteer with one of our outreach programs, or you choose to contribute to the church in another way. One way you can support our church is through the Amazon Smile program, where the nonprofit of your choice can receive 0.5% of the purchase price of products sold while costing you nothing extra. You can get started by going to smile.amazon.com and searching for Shepherd of the Valley Evangelical Lutheran Church course we encourage you to keep up with our church at our website at sotvchurch.com and of course you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at sotv sandyville we will be back with another message next week tune in then until then we thank you for listening and god bless